This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell's Specialty Repair, Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castle and Cook Mortgage LLC, and Summer's Funeral Home. Every life leaves a legacy. And now here's your host for Game Plan for Life, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today our special guest is in studio. His name is Doug Armstrong. Many of you uh, in the Treasure Valley will recognize the name. Um, And first of all, Doug, welcome to Game Plan for Life. Thank you, Skip. It's really an honor to be here. Well, we're delighted to have you. I'd like to give a quick uh, bio of Doug, and then he's going to tell his story in his own words. But Doug was president and general manager of the NBC television station in Boise for 22 years. And before that, he was the president and general manager of NBC television affiliate in Honolulu, Hawaii, for eight years. Upon retirement, he attended graduate school at Chicago's Moody Theological Seminary. And at age 61, he received a master's degree in biblical studies. Doug is currently the chaplain of the Idaho State Senate. Doug has voluntarily served with uh, multiple Idaho community organizations, including Boise Metro Chamber of Commerce, Boise Valley Economic Partnership, Special Olympics World Winter Games, the Caring Foundation for Children, and the Treasure Valley Lynx Fellowship, which is now the Idaho Golf Fellowship. He was also the founder of Drug Free Idaho and the Seven Cares Idaho Shares Holiday Event. He has been happily married to Amber, his wife, for 33 years, and they have three adult children. Well, that's a mouthful. And, Doug, let's have you tell your story from the beginning. Wow. Wow. You you did your research. (laughs) (laughs) You bet. I'm not sure I could have come up with all that uh, if you asked me on the spot. Um, Thank you. Um, Wow, it is is an honor to be here, and, and I've known you for a number of years, and and uh, as you were just telling me your story, there are some parallels yes, uh, between yes. my story and yours. And, Absolutely. And um, well, you said to go back to the beginning. So, you know, I, 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 I love William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare, he wrote 38 plays and mm-hmm. all 38 plays had five acts in those plays. All of them. Mm. And um, he had that five act story structure. And I think he was a literary genius because his five acts kind of mirrors the journey of human life. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, the stuff that you just read there is really kind of act four, yeah. uh, I guess you would say, for me. Um, um, so I'm t- I guess I'll take you back to act one. Okay. And, um, you know, so act one kind of starts. I, I was raised in Lewiston, Idaho. Yep. And um, I was raised in a loving and close-knit blue-collar family. My, my father... And my grandfather, Armstrong, collectively worked 84 years in the pulp and paper mill there in Lewiston. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, that mill, if you drive by, it smells so wonderful. I know exactly where it is. I, I lived in Moscow as a boy. <laughs> there so you go. Familiar. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that that pulp mill was my life and my father's life and my grandfather's life. And I worked in that same pulp mill for a couple of summers, uh, long enough to know I wanted something different. Yeah. Um, I loved my dad and my fa- my family, but I didn't want to work in a pulp mill the rest of my life. And so, but you know, I was totally, completely captivated and enamored with the Apollo space program. My elementary school years, uh, the the Apollo program perfectly overlaid my elementary school years. And probably the the biggest, grandest memory of my childhood was Christmas Eve, nineteen sixty eight. Christmas Eve, 1968, um, this 10-year-old boy named Doug was was enamored with Apollo, and that was the night that Apollo 8 was orbiting the moon for the first time. And mm-hmm. Walter Cronkite came on television, Channel 3 in Lewiston, the mm-hmm. only television channel we had in yeah, Lewiston. Yeah. And my family sat around at 6.30 in the evening, and we watched Walter Cronkite. And um, I'll only tell that because... That was very impressionable for my my childhood. And uh, so science and space exploration and those kinds of things really drove me and kind of formed my identity in my childhood. And I'm going to fast forward to Act 2 now. Act 2, I guess you would say, starts I'm I'm a 22-year-old bartender by night and a college student by day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And... my freshman year in college, there was a book that was the number one bestseller in the United States of America, a New York Times bestseller. And it's, I have it here. You can't see it on the radio, but, yeah. but that's it. Looking out for number one. Robert Ringer, looking out for number one. That book was, was the number one bestseller in 1977, my freshman year in college. Mm-hmm. And the subtitle says, How to Get from Where You Are Now to Where You Want to Be in Life. Mm. And... This book basically became my navigation app. Mm-hmm. I, I was not a Christian. In fact, I thought Christians were, were naive and unscientific and, mm. and used the idea of God as an emotional crutch. Right. And uh, I, I was a skeptic. I was a, yep. an unbelieving skeptic. Yep. And, yep. And, um, and I was perfectly fine with that. And this looking out for number one book gave me a direction. Mm. You know, and it basically, the book says that... Um, you know, you can be your, your own master of your own destiny. In fact, I like the way that the book is dedicated. It says it's dedicated to the hope that somewhere in our universe there exists a civilization whose inhabitants, get this, possess sole dominion over mm. their own lives. Captain of our own ship. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I, I was captivated by that. Yeah. And that book and kind of became my navigation app, if you will, mm-hmm. for happiness and contentment, and that's what I was seeking. And so for the remainder of my 20s, you know, I, I put on my blinders, I focused on career advancement, and that was in the 80s during the Reagan Revolution, and Wall Street and business executives were cool, and mm. everybody wanted to be one, and business colleges were full of students. Yep, and yep. And so I came out focused, and I told my bartending patrons that I had one goal, and that was to run a company, and mm-hmm. that's all I wanted in life. And so I just remained single all the way through my 20s and just focused on me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. And um, That's the other trinity. Yeah, yeah, I guess you <laughs> could the, say that. That's the second trinity. <laughs> 
Which brings me to Act Three, I guess, mm-hmm. if we fast forward and 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 then it happened. It, it you know, I, I I met this girl named Amber, and and Amber, wow, she started getting me to think about someone other than just me. Mm-hmm. And uh, my selfishness kind of started to melt a little bit. And um, I certainly wasn't looking for love. And she was not a Christian. And I was not a Christian. And But one thing led to another. And we ended up uh, a year after we met getting married. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it happened. I, I, was, um, I aggressively pursued and landed uh, really a dream job in my industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, we moved to Honolulu, Hawaii, and I was named the president and general manager of of a television media company. Yeah. And we, we ran two television stations. I had 165 employees, and I had uh, country club membership and a, mm-hmm. a car that was given to me mm-hmm. by the company and mm-hmm. an unlimited expense account to mm-hmm. travel the Hawaiian Islands and uh, on business and, and uh, meet with clients and industry conferences and things that were there. And... You know, you um, this book told me that if I had achieved my goal, that I would get the contentment and the peace and the happiness and the purpose of life. Right. right. Um, but Skip, I, that didn't, didn't come along with it. Didn't happen. Um, I liked my job, but yeah. you know, all that promised stuff, the, yeah. the contentment and all that, it just wasn't yeah. there. Right. And. Um, so I started to think that maybe my navigation app had been leading me in the wrong direction. <laughs> maybe there was another one out there. Uh, and so I, I, I went through this two-year period of, of what I called discontent. Yeah. It's, it, was, it was this two-year period where, you know, Stephen Covey said, if you've got your ladder leaning against the wrong wall, right. then every step up you take just gets you to the wrong place faster. Yeah, faster, yeah. And, and that's where I found myself. And, and I found my, my ladder, I think, was leaning against the wrong wall. Yeah. And, and so I started searching for the right wall. Right. Yeah, the right, right foundation. And so I started looking at comparative religions. And then my wife and I started talking about having kids. Mm. And, oh, my, that kind of wakes you up a little mm-hmm. bit. And, and then we realized that, you know, maybe someday my wife and I would talk about this, that one of our kids would come to us and ask us one of those big three questions of life. And, and you know what they are. Yeah. It's, where do I come from? Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah. And mommy, daddy, what happens to me when I die? Where am I going? So we realized that we had not answered those questions for ourselves, let alone trying to answer them for a a child of ours that mm-hmm. might be coming along. So, um, you know, I, I knew a guy. His name was uh, Ron Hunt. Um, he's still a friend today. And, and he was a golfing friend and a pastor. And I confided in him one time that I was secretly listening to Pastor Greg Laurie in the car as I was mm-hmm. driving back and forth to work. And, you know, here we are on the radio today. And, and radio played a really big role in my life. Same with me. Yeah, and uh, I know when you yeah. were telling your story, and yeah. and and so I I was listening for this two year period secretly to this show called A New Beginning mm. with Greg Laurie yeah. out of Riverside, California, and I one time I confided in this friend of mine, Ron Hunt, that I had been secretly listening to this radio show, and he said, "Wow, Doug, what a coincidence! Greg Laurie is coming to Honolulu, Hawaii." Mm. And he's going to be doing a crusade 
at the Waikiki Bandshell mm-hmm. in Kapiolani Park outside under the palm trees. He goes, you and your wife should go. Mm. The Harvest Festival. Yeah. Yep. And I told him no. I said, no, I did not want any of my employees or my business associates to see me there. That was, <laughs> I, st- I still frankly considered, uh, you know, Christians, I had a stereotype in my right. mind of what they were. and and You uh, didn't want to be labeled one. I didn't. I didn't want to be around them. And, and yeah. uh, so I said no. And But, you know, I don't always get what I want. So we, we did end up going. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was September 15th, 1991, and we... We went there, but this was kind of at the tail end of this two-year journey of mine, this two-year period of discontent. And Pastor Lori that night, um, wow, you know, he he gave this amazing, it seemed like he was talking just to one person, and that was me. Yep, yep. And and that one person uh, and my wife thought the same thing. Yeah. He was talking to one person, it was her. Right. And... To make a long story short, we uh, we both put our 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 lives uh, in a different direction yeah, that night. Yeah, that's and great. We we found the truth. Yeah. and the the way and the right. life yep. of Jesus Christ. Yep. And yep. and uh, and and interestingly, like the book had told me that it it was dedicated to the soul dominion over your own life. We gave soul dominion of gave our lives yep. to Jesus Christ yep. that night. Yeah. And that put me on a whole different pathway. He surrendered. Yeah. And by the way, Greg Laurie and the Harvest Festival will be coming to Boise, which is really exciting. There'll be a lot more promotion about that. Yes, sir. And one night, uh, about a year and a half ago, I was actually at a dinner um, mm-hmm. promoting that event, and Greg Laurie was there. Yeah, and I was there, too. And uh, Mark Arenas asked me to tell that story to Greg Laurie, mm-hmm. and I couldn't hardly get through it. Oh man, and, uh, that had to be something. Yeah. So that you know, but all the that—that's the climax of my Act Three. Yep. Was was you know I I I love my wife, but my marriage was not the climax. I love my job, yep. but that new job was not the climax. Right. It was turning my life over to yep. Jesus Christ. That yep. was the climax of my Act Three. Yeah. Yep. Which brings me to Act Four and all the stuff that you, yep. you mentioned earlier and. You know, God did not change my occupation, but he did change the purpose right. and the vision uh, of my occupation. Mm-hmm. And suddenly all the contentment and purpose and mm-hmm. reason behind life became clear. Yeah, and you yeah. started doing it together. Yes. Not just on your own. Great story. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it was quite a journey that, um, you know, everybody's got a journey. Yours, you were telling me about you coming to Christ at age 35. Yep. And me at age thirty three and a half, yeah, I, yeah. I don't meet many people that it uh, that happened to them in, in right, their thirties. Right, right, right. Well, that's that is a tremendous story, um, Doug. And, and I want to get uh, get to a couple other things here. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share about your story there that we haven't covered yet? Well, you know, when I, I, I after I retired, I decided I wanted to do something. Uh, unique and yeah. different, and so I, I, I did enroll in graduate school. I went to the Moody Theological Seminary, and the oldest and, uh, one there, right? I was by far the oldest in my cohort. There were twenty-four of us from around the world, and mm-hmm. most of them were in their thirties or late twenties. And yeah. and uh, yeah, I was uh, in my sixties, and yeah. there we were. And 
But one of the what what a great experience. And yeah. I had I had some questions. You know, I kind of experienced a crisis of faith um, it, when my you know my father uh, it passed away, and there were some other things in my life that were happening simultaneously. Um, I had some questions. Yeah, and yeah. and my time at Moody really helped answer those. And mm. but I did it just for me. I didn't I didn't do it for occupational reasons. And, right. Right. Well, I sense you're a life lifelong learner too. Am I correct? Well, I don't know if I would have gone had it not been for some of those, yeah, some of those um, tra- traumatic things that right. uh, that God was was helping me walk through. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I graduated, I went into a, a I went into a meeting one time, and there was Senator Chuck Winder, and Senator Winder is the boss of the Senate. Yeah. He's the Senate pro tem, and. Right. And uh, he approached me and said, uh, you know, I'd like you to be the chaplain of the Senate. And I, my first reaction was no. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't actually think he was serious mm-hmm. um, because I had never envisioned that. I said, well, don't you have to be like a pastor or a <laughs> bishop or something like that? Yeah. And he said, well, you know, you, you graduated from seminary, so you're, you're qualified. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I thought about it, prayed about it, and uh, told him yes. And mm-hmm. that was... Um, Another season this last year, yeah. uh, the longest session in the legislative history of Idaho, mm-hmm. and I got a chance to walk through that with the senators, and and what a privilege that was! Yeah, absolutely, and, and uh, I learned so much. Yeah, and you know, I was a rookie. I was a total rookie. I yeah. did not know what I was doing. Yeah, and um, yeah, I had uh, Senator, or excuse me, uh, Pastor Tom Doherty, who right. is uh, is on this radio station. Yep. He uh, he's the chaplain of the House of Representatives, yes. and boy, yeah. he helped me a lot. Yeah, good. Um, good. What a, what a great man! And good. and so Senator Winder, um, I look back and go, wow, you know, he he kicked me in the pants and got me going. Got so, you going. Well, yeah. I was just with Chuck Winder, and and we were talking about you and the the chaplain, and he said uh, that you did a terrific job of getting close to the guys and. And you know, answering questions and encouraging them to dig deeper, and so I think your rookie year was a big hit. <laughs> and I know you're you're uh, going to be back next year too, as I understand it. Yeah, I guess that's uh, yeah. They they asked me to come back, so well, that's I, a good thing. Yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Actually, um, uh, I've 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 got a lot of friendships now. I think yeah. through through the Senate, and there's some really good people yeah, there. And good I, folks. I was I was. Um, you know, it, it challenged my preconceived notions of politicians. Mm-hmm. I, I walked in, you know, as a media executive, kind of seeing politicians one way. Yeah. And I walked out at the end of that session seeing them another way, and that's mm-hmm. with personal relationship. Yeah. And there's some really, really good people yeah. in the yeah. Idaho yeah. State Senate. I'm, I was impressed at how yeah. much they care about Idaho and—, and um, they're they're not driven by reelection and and selfish interests. They're they're really driven by doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah. And so my my preconceived notions were challenged, mm-hmm. and I've changed my opinions. Yeah. Well, you've played a key role in that too. I mean, that keeping that you know spiritual uh, stuff in front of them is keeping them in tune with you know what's right, and they want to do right. They want, they care about Idaho. They care about the people. But to have that spiritual element in there is such a big, big factor. Well, I think it is. Uh, you know, the the way they do the Senate, the first order of business is the roll call. Yeah. They want to make sure they're all there and they're in their seats and ready yeah. to go. Yeah. 
And the second order of business is the chaplain's prayer. And I took that very seriously. I tried never to make it more than three minutes. I didn't want to, you know, monopolize their time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I tried to do something that was meaningful. Meaningful. And my my kind of overarching uh, theme for the for the whole session was um, Psalm 15. Mm. Um, you know that that was Benjamin Franklin's favorite psalm. Yeah. He called it the gentleman's psalm, and it's where you're calling people to civility, you're calling people to keeping their oath, mm-hmm. and you're calling people to doing the right thing, doing what's right and good for yes. the community, yep. and yep. and and serving your your fellow man. And and uh, Ben Franklin loved that psalm, mm-hmm. Psalm 15, and. So that became kind of my theme for the year, and that's a good one. And um, there were a lot of senators that were living up to that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Well, what you did after that session is you put together all of those prayers in a book. Yes, the twenty twenty one Idaho Senate prayers, Idaho's longest session, January eleventh to May twelfth. And so, tell us about this book and and uh, how it came to be. Well, you know, um, my promise was to 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 myself and was to try to keep things under three minutes. And yeah. I realized how hard that was. It is. Um, but, you know, there's this little saying we had in television. Um, and oftentimes we'd have a, a reporter who would go out to do a news story and they'd come back and they'd have a four or five minute news story. And, you know, a lot of our news directors would say, no, you, you need to make it half as long and twice as good. Yeah. Uh, and so get that down. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I, I tried to, you know, I, I worked on each prayer um, uh, quite a while, actually. Mm, and, diligently. And, uh, you know, it started at five minutes, and I'd work it down and get it down to three. And, and um, but I wrote them all out. Yeah. And, and, and a friend, um, Marianna Young, who at Aloha Publishing, I mm-hmm. shared with her what I was doing, and she suggested that I should put that in a book. So I handed over all my prayers to Aloha Publishing, yeah. and, and they assembled them um, from beginning to end by by day, mm-hmm. starting with January 11th all the way through uh, May 12th. Yeah, and I uh, put in a couple of guest opinions that appeared in a newspaper as well. But um, yeah, it's it's there, and if anybody wants to see what, what the yeah. senators yeah. heard and saw every day, um, it's all there. So. I'm sure Amazon carries it. How they, can they get the book? They do actually, and and uh, yeah, and it, <laughs> I asked Amazon to put the price point the lowest it could possibly go because yeah. I I didn't want anybody thinking I was yeah making money. It's not on this, for the so. money; it's for the purpose. Yeah, so it's it's called the 2021 Idaho Senate Prayers, Idaho's longest session. And yeah. yes, you could just go to Amazon and Google that up, or okay. excuse me, to just search that on Amazon. Right. Right. And uh, 2021 Idaho Senate Prayers. And By yeah, Doug Armstrong. So that's yeah. great. That's who would have thought, right? Who would have thunk it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's amazing. You know, when we turn our lives over to the Lord, what doors open? I mean, you, you just can't imagine some of the things that uh, the opportunities and things that come into play and the ways that we can help people and serve in, in various capacities and yeah, but you uh, you certainly have had a tremendous career, and now you're you're giving back. Well, thank you. And you know the the greatest title I have, I think, uh, other than being a, a follower of Christ, is um, being a husband yep. and a father. Yep. 
have three great kids, uh, Lauren, Jay, and Taylor, and we love them equally and yep. and deeply, and and uh, we pray for them every day. And mm-hmm. uh, we have a grandchild, Carter, who actually was in the story that uh, came out in the magazine. Yeah, recently. good picture. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Let we, me just mention that too. In in the uh, the magazine that you can find at uh, most stores, there's there's no cost to the magazine. It's Christian Living. And uh, Doug and Amber and the and the dog are on the cover, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you can pick one of those up and and read more in depth uh, about Doug and Amber and their family and their faith and and all that's been going on. Well, thank you, Skip, for the opportunity to be here. But you know, the none of this means anything yeah. um, if you know if, if the main thing isn't the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. And 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 Jesus Christ is amazing. He's real. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to read through the Gospels and not come away with the understanding of, of how wonderful, precious yeah. that is yeah. to humanity. Absolutely. And so I would just say this, uh, you know, it, in terms of where I am now, you know, there's a song that was um, recently written. It's called Only Jesus. And mm-hmm. it basically says, that I, I don't want to leave a legacy, and I don't even care if they yeah. remember me. Yeah, yeah. Because the only thing that matters is, did I live the truth to the ones I love? Is my life the proof that there is only one whose name will last forever? Right. Right. And that is Jesus. Only Jesus. And and so I don't care about any of this stuff. I don't care about my job. I don't care about any of the rest of it. It's just care about my my relationship and my family. Absolutely. And my Lord. Well, as my friend and mentor Chuck Swindoll says, have you ever seen a hearse with a U-Haul behind it? You can't take it with you. He said only two things matter, God's Word and people. Yes. And so that is a good focus for us as, as we move move through life. I love that. And yeah. someone I heard say it was actually a pastor from New York City, Tim Delaney at Times Square Church. He said, if we get Jesus wrong, yeah. it doesn't matter what else we get right. Right. We have to get Jesus yeah. right. Yeah, amen. Well, that's a good one to close on today, Doug. And uh, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story, your heart, you know, your vision, what you're doing now, going back to graduate school at age 61. And most people, uh, that would be a pretty tough call. But uh, thank God you did it. And now you're helping us in the Senate. And uh, I'm sure that that's going to that's going to work some, some wonders, too. So thank you. Thank you again, Doug Armstrong, for being a guest on Game Plan for Life. Thank you. Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall is brought to you by the following sponsors. Hollingshead Eye Center. See the difference experience makes. Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver. A reliable source for your bullion investment. Dominoes. Oh, yes, we did. Rocket Express Car Wash, it's a blast. Diamond Heating and Cooling. Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust. Canyon County Habitat for Humanity. Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. And Idaho Window Tinting. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the Game Plan for Life. Have a great weekend, and remember, no game plan, no victory.